Hello, everyone. Lay Nordland here, and thanks for joining us on Western Ag Network's Fence Lines and Headlines. We are going to dive into a few hot topics that we've been covering here on our radio, TV, and, of course, our social media pages throughout the week. Uh, we'll start off looking at what our local livestock markets uh, were trending here this week as the fall run continues. But before we get to that, let's uh, take a quick look at some of those top stories that we'll get to here later in our Fence Lines and Headlines program. Program. One of the bigger topics that we've uh, seen discussed on social media as we've covered it throughout the week is the move by the state of Arkansas telling Chinese-owned Syngenta that it will need to divest its agricultural landownings in the state of Arkansas. We'll have more with the governor of Arkansas, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, here on Fence Lines and Headlines. Later on, we'll also catch up with Russell Nimitz, who was attending the Nile Stock Show and Rodeo in Billings, Montana this week. We'll also hear from our friends at Ag Risk Advisors, some important deadlines coming up, specifically the Pasture Rangeland Forage Insurance Program deadlines, and then also we had some outstanding livestock producers from the state of Colorado and Montana in Mexico recently on a livestock genetics trade mission. Russell Nimitz will share more on that mission here later in our report. But let's look at how our local livestock markets are shaping up. If you're out and about, you see the uh, trucks going down the road, taking cattle from the countryside down to feedlot country and, uh, that fall run definitely in full swing a lot of shipping going on i know my in-laws we ship their calves here this weekend people are in a pretty good mood as those prices hold up but i will say the futures markets sure did uh, uh come up with some concern this past week that cattle on feed report being one of those main issues there the cattle markets took that dive because cattle on feed came in at 11.6 million head. That was down 1% from October of last year. Now, this is the second highest October 1st inventory since the series began back in 1996. I would have been five years old back then. The inventory included 6.95 million steers and steer calves up slightly from last year. That accounted for about 60% of the total inventory, while heifer and heifer calves accounted for 4.6 million head. That number of the heifers and heifer calves, that's up 1% from last year. Obviously, drought continuing to impact producers, a lot of cattle heading down the road. But really what is impacting everything is the placement numbers. Placements in feedlots totaled 2.21 million head, 6% above last year, while marketings of fed cattle during September totaled 1.66 million head. That's 11% below 2,000. And 22. Now, cattle placements were well above not only the average pre report estimate, but also the high range of estimates that coming in, you know, 106% of last year's level. That total of 2.2 million head were placed in feedlots, creating additional concern that higher placement levels will further affect short term price levels. September cattle placements are the highest monthly placements number since November 2021. Again, we'll continue to watch this. Obviously, the futures markets, once they roll off on Monday, will uh, reflect that even more. And the cash cattle trade definitely will try to absorb some of that news. But uh, let's cross our fingers that uh, prices can hold up in our local livestock markets. Let's take a few minutes to look out across Western Ag Network country to see uh, how some of those prices shaped up here this week. 
Let's go to Torrington, Wyoming, to Torrington Livestock Auction. Just over 2,500 head went through the ring on Friday. And compared to last week, slaughter cows traded 2 to $3 lower, while feeder cows traded 4 to $7 higher. Slaughter cows, 88 to $133, while slaughter bulls, 109 to $122, of course, on the 100 weight. And those stock cows, which were 4 to $7 higher, coming in on an average of 1,006 pounds, brought $1.60. 66. Now on to pays. The public auction yards, Billings, Montana on Friday saw just over 2,900 heads sell. Demand started the sale mostly good. However, that release of the cattle on feed report that we just talked about, that caused demand to slip and most cattle decided to sell much lower there at pays. Looking at the steer prices, Four and a half to 483 weight steers, three dollars up to 329, five to 544 weight steers, 279 to 298, 605 to 647, coming in at 251 to two dollars and 70 cents. As for the heifers, there it pays. The five to five forty-five weight heifers, excuse me, two fifty-eight to two sixty-six, while the five and a half to five hundred eighty-seven weight heifers, two forty-nine to two sixty-three. Heading on to livestock exchange there in Brush, Colorado, just over a thousand heads selling on Friday. The four hundred eleven to four and a quarter weight steers brought three fifty-seven to three seventy-nine. 514 to 540 weights, 301 up to 312 with the 4 to 446 weight steers priced at $2.81 up to $3 there in Brush, Colorado. And finally, going to Ogallala Livestock. Of course, I, I think Gus uh, stopped by to see a few gals there on his way up to Montana and Lonesome Dove there in Ogallala. Over 3,400 heads sold on Thursday. Feeder steers were unevenly steady and feeder heifers sold 2 to $6 softer. The 501 to 540 weight steers, 287 to 308, with the five and a half to just under six weights, 282 to $2.94, with the six to 645 weight steers there in Ogallala, $2.56 to $2.72. Of course, these prices still uh, much firmer and higher from last year, but uh, let's cross our fingers that cattle on feed report doesn't impact too much of our local livestock markets as uh, folks. Uh, ship and, and get those cows to town but again prices uh, will continue to firm up again as we move further into the fall of course we always see those december and january sales that folks can hold on to their calves always firm up there as well but as always here on the western ag network not only on fence lines and headlines we share these important local livestock markets every single day on our radio and tv programs and of course we thank you for being here with us for this uh nighttime edition of fence lines and headlines as we mentioned we have a lot to get through with a few of our top stories of the week we'll come back after these words but uh, we'll have a story on how the state of arkansas is telling syngenta the chinese-owned company to divest its agricultural landownings in the state but first these words ready for a real prf partner he was willing to track us for a year and provide that data back to us for a year, that's a guy making a pretty big investment. At Ag Risk Advisors, this isn't our first rodeo. We are one of the most experienced in pasture rangeland forage. Honesty, commitment, trust. Many companies use these words. At Ag Risk Advisors, we earn them.
a push to end Chinese ownership of U.S. agricultural land. The state of Arkansas this week has ordered Chinese-owned Syngenta and its subsidiaries to sell land holdings in the state. At the beginning of my term, my administration worked with our partners in the legislature to get hostile foreign entities out of Arkansas. I was proud to sign Act 636, sponsored by Senator Johnson and Representative Vaught, banning foreign parties from nine enemy countries from owning agricultural land in Arkansas. And today, we are acting on that law. I'm announcing that Syngenta, a Chinese state-owned agrochemical company, must give up its land holdings in Arkansas. Syngenta owns 160 acres of land in northeast Arkansas used for seed research. Huckabee Sanders noted that Kim China, who owns Syngenta, is on a Department of Defense list of Chinese military companies posing a clear threat to the United States. Seeds are technology. Chinese state-owned corporations filter that technology back to their homeland, stealing American research and telling our enemies how to target American farms. That is a clear threat to our national security and to our great farmers. According to USDA, Chinese businesses and investors own around 380,000 acres in the United States. Chinese investors have raised red flags recently on a failed effort by a company to build a corn mill in North Dakota that Air Force officials said was too close to their base in Grand Forks. Still, companies such as Syngenta and Smithfield Foods, also owned by a Chinese company, have largely been left alone until now. Especially since the Chinese government enacted a law in 2017 requiring Chinese citizens abroad to collaborate with their country's security officials on intelligence work with no questions asked. This isn't about where you're from. We welcome Chinese Americans, Russian Americans, and anyone else who's given up foreign oppression for American freedom. This is about where your loyalties lie. We simply cannot trust those who pledge allegiance to a hostile foreign power. In a statement, Syngenta criticized the move, stating that they have owned the land since 1988 and that it was short-sighted and fails to account for the effect of such an action. They concluded saying their people in Arkansas are Americans led by Americans who care deeply about serving Arkansas farmers and that the action hurts Arkansas farmers more than anything else. Syngenta was also ordered to pay $280,000 for failing to file paperwork on its land holdings in the state in a timely manner. The company says they will challenge the order in court. Now, this move does elevate the efforts against Chinese-owned agricultural land in the U.S., which includes bipartisan efforts by Congress to clamp down on Chinese-owned agricultural assets. Well, helping young people interested in having a career in agriculture is still one of the main missions of the Northern International Livestock Exposition, or Nile. And every fall, during the Nile Stock Show and Rodeo, that commitment is on full display. These kids are up early in the morning, they're up late at night, but it really comes down to their, their learning marketing skills. Everything that they'll do in their life is a marketing skill. And so they're presenting an animal that you know, they'll sell for a premium price at these sales, or they could sell anything. I mean, I worked just in the livestock. I did the livestock judging coaching. These kids can sell anything, and they're going to sell anything. I've got kids that are lawyers to chiropractor, 
it's still in learning, sales, and but that's responsibility too. Egg education is very important to the Nile, and that's why each year the Nile, along with the Yellowstone County Farm Bureau, hosts area fourth grade students to help teach these young people about the importance of agriculture. We're doing the fourth grade ag education program. It's been going on for probably over 30 years. We can't remember when it first started. I've been with the program for about 30. Um, and we're teaching kids about agriculture. It, I hate to say it, but we've actually had kids come in and go, chocolate milk comes from brown cows. And that is why we're doing it. So we have speakers on livestock. We have them on bees, range, beef, crops, and weeds. And we'll go through 1,800 kids here in the three days. The Nile has also increased its various judging contests for older students. We had a livestock judging contests. That's kids from eight states showed up. We had over 880 kids judge livestock. We started a horse judging contest last year. There were 400 contestants in that. Um, this year we have a meats judging and a vet. Uh, they had a vet contest also. And with the sales and service been for several years, so. We drew in probably 2,000 kids, and I'd say less than half of them were in state. So we, we drew in a big area. We're getting to be a big regional Northwest from Colorado to California coming to, to the Nile and competing, not counting the cattle that are coming in. We got junior shows in all our cattle. And uh, so we do stress agriculture for the youth. Now for more information about youth education and scholarship opportunities that are available through the Nile, either contact their office in Billings, Montana, or visit them online at thenile.org. Again, a lot of activities from the stock show, the pro rodeo, and of course, uh, the ranch rodeo series and everything that comes with the Nile stock show and rodeo. A great week, and that show concluded here this uh, weekend there in Billings, Montana. Friends, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will hear from our friends at Ag Risk Advisors, reminding producers about the important deadlines coming up for producers to enroll in to help protect them out in the countryside with a few risk management tools. And then Russell Nimitz will conclude our program today, catching up with a producer from Colorado who was in Mexico on a livestock genetics trade mission. Again, we'll have more here on Fence Lines and Headlines after these words. When it comes to the beef business, there's no room for gray area. The decisions being made in Washington affect the future of the beef industry, the livelihood of your fellow farmers and ranchers. Your National Cattlemen's Beef Association knows there's what benefits cattlemen and there's what doesn't. Visit ncba.org to learn more. Livestock producers traditionally have not had many options to manage risk for livestock or pasture land through insurance until quite recently. As producers look to minimize risk for their operations, there are some important enrollment deadlines approaching for feed replacement programs like pasture, rangeland, and forage insurance. You know, we call it penciling out the weather, finally. You can put a pencil to the weather and, and the rain insurance, the pasture, rangeland, forage coverage. Um, it's been a pretty good, uh, pretty good year for most of the West. I don't know. We cover a lot of territory, and there hasn't been a really devastating dry area. I know there's obviously been pockets and things, but um, a lot of our folks who who have premium come and do, or you know, I've talked to, and they're um, 
much more willing to pay this premium than versus the hay bill they had last year. Yeah. You know, so that's the trade-off. The deadline to enroll in the 2024 Pasture Rangeland and Forage Insurance Program is December 1st, 2023. Another tool producers are utilizing is the Livestock Risk Protection Program that protects against a decline in market prices by providing a price floor. The thing about livestock risk protection is uh, it's very flexible for a producer. You can do it on a per head basis. Uh, it's subsidized. It's inexpensive. Um, thankfully, the, the market's been going straight up and we're happy for that, but you can still make a little money on your calves after you pay some insurance, you know, this year. So, and even next year, there's an opportunity to, to lock in um, next year's calf crop with some of the changes they've made in livestock risk protection. Then our whole goal is education and um, we're really interested in making sure producers know how to use the tools that are out there. Even if they don't um, engage in them or have an actual policy, uh, you need to know, you know, you know, you need to take your handyman jack with you and you go out to fix fence and your post hole digger, you might not need it. Hopefully you won't have to fit a flat, fix a flat, but at least if you have that tool and some knowledge, your, your day is not going to be shot. And we feel the same way with risk management. These tools are just designed to even out the ups and downs of the day-to-day the -day, uh, in, in the lives of our producers. So, For more on risk management tools for livestock producers, contact an agricultural insurance professional like Ag Risk Advisors today. Well, this past week, several cattle producers from Colorado and Montana joined their Mexican counterparts in Chihuahua for the 40th anniversary of Expogon, one of the largest livestock events in that part of Mexico. And one of the ranchers on the trade mission was Janie Van Winkle, a Charlay cattle producer out of Western Colorado. What I'm seeing, what I've, I've seen happen in the last couple of days here, a number of our uh, uh, representatives actually have, have cattle here in Mexico. So we actually saw, uh, heard that uh, someone had sold, a breeder from Colorado had sold heifers here a few years ago, and we got to go out and look at those cattle. So that was kind of, that was really fun for one of the participants particularly. But I, I think there's a lot of opportunity, especially in the bull market, um, you know, looking at opportunities to connect with these people and just, just be a part of um, their operations and learn what their needs are. She says that cattle producers from our region are helping Mexican ranchers succeed by supplying high-quality genetics. This is rough country. Uh, you know, I, I always think that in western Colorado we run in rough country, but this is rough country. They, they've got to be structurally sound. Uh, they've got to be good doing cattle. They, they've got to be able to uh, work in this environment because it's tough. And uh, breeds, uh, right now we're, the Angus show is happening here in, um, at the Expogon. And I mean, there's some good quality cattle here. Absolutely. We've seen Beefmasters. And of course, I'm standing in front of the Charlay sign. You know, I couldn't resist that. Uh, some Charlay cattle. There's uh, just... Brahmin cattle, uh, a big variety. And she says that the Mexican cattle producers that they visited with really do appreciate the working relationship they have with the U.S. cattle industry. They want to connect with us. They, they want to learn what we know. 
the world looks to the US, we're doing a lot of things right. We're not the only ones that are doing it right, but we're doing a lot of things right and people are looking to us for leadership. And without question, this is just another great example, if you will, of why U.S. cattle genetics are in such high demand by cattle producers around the world. Again, a great opportunity for these livestock producers from right here in Western Ag Network country to share their genetics there on the global stage. Thanks for joining us here for Fence Lines and Headlines. As always, join us every single day on our 80 radio stations across eight Western states on our TV programs. And of course, you can watch all of our content on our Western Ag Network YouTube page, on our Instagram, Facebook, and of course, westernagnetwork.com. We thank you for being with us. Share, the, share these stories if you don't mind. Until next time, I'm Lane Northland. We'll catch you next time.